welcome to semester four, episode six of our Just Admit It podcast, where former deans and directors of admission give expert insight into the complex college admissions landscape. I'm Tasha, an Ivy Wise counselor and former admissions officer at the University of Southern California and assistant director of admissions at Boston University. Joining me today is my friend and fellow Ivy Wise colleague, Mike, who has worked in admissions at Stanford University, NYU, and the Haas School of Business at UC Berkeley. In this episode, we're going to share advice on how high school juniors can prepare for senior year and for the college application process. Hi, Mike. How's it going? I'm doing well, Tasha. I'm over here in Los Angeles, and it's nice and sunny, uh, so I'm enjoying myself. How, how about you? How's, how's New York treating you? I'm doing well. New York uh, woke up this morning with lots of, of sunlight and the buds are on the trees and some trees have even blossomed. So spring is certainly in the air. It's very exciting. Awesome. Yeah, people can't see this, but you have a Zoom background of looks like I don't know what kind of what kind of trees are those in the background in your Zoom? Uh, they're the cherry blossoms at the Brooklyn Botanical Garden, um, but they're not, they're from another year that has not happened yet, <laughs> but nice. it's aspirational. Nice. Uh, so I know like our, our topic today is really to give suggestions to juniors to prepare for senior year. And it made me start to think about my own junior experience, and I'm sure you have yours. So I'm just wondering, can you share with listeners your junior experience? your experience with them. Sure. So I went to high school uh, down in South Florida where I grew up uh, and uh, it was a really big high school, um, public high school, quite competitive. And uh, as a junior in high school, I was, I was really involved, definitely um, trying to be as competitive as I could be knowing that, you know, everyone was, was kind of trying to do um, had similar goals, but, you know, competitive with myself, not necessarily with others. Uh, it was, you know, it was a good environment and, uh, you know, worked, worked hard at school, you know, took a reasonable amount of, of advanced classes to challenge myself, uh, was definitely kind of a bookish teenager, really liked to read, was also a theater kid, uh, really enjoyed, uh, being involved in, in the drama club at my high school. Uh, and I guess the biggest thing that stands out about my junior year is I think that is when I really started taking, uh, the college application process a bit more seriously. I started to realize that there were a lot of other factors besides, you know, what I had already been exposed to or what my college counselor was, was talking about um, in terms of really starting to do more serious research and also starting to uh, really consider my, my essay a little bit more seriously. Uh, but so that junior spring, I remember a big thing for me was getting to go visit my sister where she was uh, studying in college at a small liberal arts college in the Northeast. And I'd never been to the Northeast. New England was very foreign to me. And so that was really exciting to be able to go experience what campus life could be like in, in such a different part of the country and such a different culture for me. And uh, that helped me kind of really set my sights a little bit more on uh, that kind of a college experience and, and start to gather, you know, what I needed to gather and um, prepare for the college application process throughout that following summer and the following fall. Wow, we had different experiences. Um, uh, yeah, what about you, Mike? <laughs> 
Well, my experience when I was a junior in high school, I was not thinking about college at all. And uh, when I work with my students, they're very surprised to hear that. They think, oh, you know, you got you went to University of California, Berkeley. You went to graduate school. You must have uh, had everything figured out in terms of college process and not at all. I wasn't thinking about college. I actually didn't apply to college in high school. I started off in community college. So when I was a junior, it was really just... Um, you know, making friends, uh, being in the cool crowd. And I mean, senior year, that changed a little bit. I got more involved. I finally took an AP class, uh, but I definitely had a much different experience than a traditional high school experience. So um, working with students and sharing them, um, my experience um, brings a lot of surprise um, in our conversations. So, but, you know, I think just on, on, on my ends, that's why I enjoy what I do is I share with students, um, you know, my experiences and I learn from them and I support them in the process, um, especially, you know, while they're in high school. So, um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's definitely interesting to, to think back, take a walk down memory road, as they say. Um, that was very, very interesting for me to do just now. Um, so before we hop into the discussion, I know we did want to chat a little bit about uh, what's been going on uh for the last couple of weeks, uh, since, of course, we heard Ivy Wise have been hearing a lot of news from our students. Uh, did you want to take that on, Mike? Yeah, you know, um, we're, uh, I've had some students who've applied early in mission. And, um, you know, it seems like it's been a competitive process for students. A lot of surprises, um, good and bad. And um, some colleges have already sent out their regular decision um, decisions and same there. It's I've noticed that a lot of surprises have happened, good or bad, with students. I've seen some colleges be very liberal with their wait list. Some have had the opposite approach of being very aggressive. If, if they don't think the student's going to emerge in the process, then they um, let them know that they're not going to be offered a place for admission. So it's been a very tough process for students. And, you know, I think part of that is, <clears throat> um, you know, understanding that applications have been up. Um, more students are applying to college now. They're applying to more colleges. Um, when I was applying to college, when I was ready to transfer, I applied to maybe five colleges. And now I've seen students apply to 15, 20, 25 colleges. So definitely a different experience. And it's been um, many years since, since I've applied to college. So it's been very tough. Um, how about you? Have you seen noticed anything on your end? Uh, no, I'd, I'd, I'd say, you know, similar to you, um, I was, you know, I've been very excited to hear some good news from from some students and, uh, you know, hearing some different trends around uh, people coming off uh, previous deferrals and things like that. So, so yeah, it'll be exciting to see how uh, admissions continues to change and involve, evolve with the changing landscape and, um, you know, world events. So great. Let's let's then go ahead and ju jump into the discussion to our topic of what juniors should be thinking about doing right now to prepare for senior year. So let's get started. Um, Mike's going to hop into standardized testing. Yeah, I, and this is probably the most unsexy topic that we're going to be discussing today. It's just a reality. And um, we know that many colleges have gone to test optional process. 
However, as a counselor, I still recommend students and families to plan to take standardized testing. So that's the ACT or ACT, because if students do well on that, then they definitely want to report that in the process. And so one of the first things I work with students on is to um, have conversations with them about have you take standardized testing? If they haven't, what's their test preparation plan? When are they going to take the exam? I oftentimes tell students plan to take it at least twice. Many colleges super score um, the SAT or ACT or they, you know, have flexible testing policies. So it's good to take it most multiple times. And this is important because there's a lot of time that's going to be invested in preparing for standardized testing. You might hire a tutor, you might study on your own. And it does take time to improve your scores. So I, I tell students, like, let's figure this part out. Because once we have that taken care of, then we can just move on to the, the other components of the application process. So that's just one thing that I would um, encourage juniors to focus on is if you haven't taken it, when are you going to take it? And what is your test preparation plan? If you have taken it, uh, are you happy with your score? If not, then what, what's your plan of when you're going to retake the exam? Because if you can take the software plate before you get to senior year, it's going <clears> to <throat> it's going to work wonders in terms of taking off like additional tasks that you have to do when you're a senior. Yeah, I would definitely agree. And, and I think the reason we started off with it was just to, to make sure it didn't get lost in the shuffle, since I know obviously more recently, uh, you know, schools are for the most part, still test optional. And that's definitely something that has provided a lot of additional access for, for many students. Uh, but we don't know what is going to happen in the future. And we also know that, um, you know, strong scores are still going to definitely strengthen a student's application. So we want to make sure that we're not uh, completely de-incentivizing students from continuing with that process. And we also want to make sure that students are are you know, not forgetting about, about that very real option to, to take those tests in order to have, you know, and even, um, scores that'll strengthen their application, um, regardless. So I would, I would agree with Mike there. Yeah. So I think that's like, for me, that's the first thing I work with students on. Um, the other piece is, also planning what their senior year is going to look like in terms of courses. So I guess like the first thing, two things that I've been just discussing about for juniors is really that academic profile that they're going to have when they apply to college. So um, I have conversations with students on what are you going to take senior year? Uh, the reality is that they're going to have a lot of essays that they're going to write about. And so that I tell students, think of the college admission process as an elective course, like a, almost like a creative writing course where you do a lot of writing. So um, part of that is having conversation with them on what is senior going to look like, depending on the school that you're applying to. You know, if you're applying to MIT, Stanford, those schools, they're going to want to see that you're taking the most rigorous courses at your school. So part of that conversation would be with your counselor to figure out, am I on track? Am I taking the right appropriate courses so that I'm competitive for that college? Same thing with if you're going to declare certain majors, engineering, business, there are certain courses that the college is going to look for when you're applying as an engineering major. You're going to look at you know, high-level math, high-level um, science, particularly in physics. Uh, you know, If you're going to go into computer science, they might see, does your school offer that? So part of that conversation is figuring out, am I taking the right courses next year so that I 
will be competitive for admission at the schools that I'm considering. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think that's really good advice, Mike, to have students consider uh, consider applying to college like an additional elective class in high school. I think that's the best way to tackle it. And, you know, some high schools even uh, do offer that. Uh, so if that's something that, you know, makes sense for you or would give you the extra space, uh, there's definitely, you know, a reason to consider that option. Um, all right. So let's see. Uh, if I wanted to add anything else about senior course planning, I mean, I think I really encourage students to, to be realistic as well. Um, you know, we understand that all high schools are different and some high schools might give you a lot of opportunity to, to make your own choices while others um, might have a little bit of a more prescribed curriculum. Uh, but it's really important if you have the choice to uh, make sure you're making realistic choices with, with the amount of rigor you're taking on along with the time that you're going to have, because remember you are going to be uh, applying to college almost as an additional course. So, um, you know, don't take every single AP or every single IB class available if you think that that's not going to uh, allow you to uh, do a good job or an excellent job uh, and get an A++ in your senior course planning class that you'll be taking independently, right? Um, that said, you know, of course, the ideal would be to challenge yourself as much as possible and do extremely well. But, uh, you know, I think every student should, should know themselves and, uh, of course, take counselor advice uh, as it comes. But I think, um, you know, one thing you could be doing right now to prepare as you're choosing your courses your senior year is, is just be, uh, you know, humble and realistic with yourself about the amount of time that you're going to need to put forth the, the best applications possible. And so I wanted to then uh, go over to thinking a little bit about summer. I know that if you're in the Northeast or the Midwest, the buds are only just uh, starting to bloom, but um, you know, summer isn't too, too far off. So thinking about what you could be doing over the summer, um, I think it's important to consider some, some kind of more uh, set possibilities like, or, you know, programmatic possibilities like research programs or even academic summer programs. Um, Mike, do you want to tell us a little bit about what this kind of programs might look like? Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of different opportunities you can pursue over the summer. Uh, I think for me, when I work with students, <clears throat> I figure out what, where are they in their process? So if students have to take the standardized testing in the summer, then figure out what that schedule is going to look like. If they have that figured out, then we figure out, um, you know, um, are there summer programs you can still apply to? Generally the application deadline for the most competitive ones are, Earlier in the year, January, February. So we are now, it's March 25th. So that might limit what summer programs are, are available. So that might mean looking at some research opportunities. I have students who cold emails to faculty members at colleges and do get research positions. It does take a lot of legwork to find faculty member. And so you might send out maybe 20 emails, you may get a couple of responses, but that just one response might lead to something. So um, that's something that I encourage students to look into if research is something that they're interested in and they have to define um, interest in a specific subject area. And so um, I, I don't know, what, do you have any other thoughts on other ideas for summer, Tasha, since you know, you're the more involved student in high school? 
Um, no, well, I, I agree that uh, a lot or, you know, we know that a lot of the deadlines for those more competitive kind of academic programs have passed, but uh, there are, you know, um, some kind of like third parties that run these programs on college campuses. So uh, they might not be run specifically through a, partic- a particular college, but they take place on that campus and still uh you know, interact with faculty and and staff on that campus. So you might take a look at programs like that, um, that, you know, again, might not be as competitive, but are still going to give you the opportunity to spend some time on a college campus and kind of try it on and and see if it's a place where you could imagine spending four years. So it definitely makes sense to try to go for for a place that you're already interested in. Uh, So I would, you know, if a summer program sounds interesting to you and you're feeling worried that you might have missed out on all of the opportunities, I would definitely encourage you to um, still do a little research and, and take a look at which deadlines haven't passed. And then even those where the deadlines have passed, um, you might even just reach out to the liaison or, or give them a call if it's something that you're really, really interested in. Sometimes, um, you know, those deadlines are flexible, uh, depending, of course, on, on where it is. You know, I'm not telling you to, to ignore deadlines by any means, but, uh, you know, I'd encourage y'all to um, to pursue what, what you're really interested in if, if it's, you know, just finding out if it's still a possibility. Um, but yeah, I don't think, I think that's everything I had to say about, about kind of specific summer programs like that. Uh, but I think in addition to, uh, considering something like that, there's a lot of independent work to be done over the summer. And, and that's really where, you know, it's really going to depend on the student and how much they can self-motivate and, uh, you know, how much you can get organized and, you know, you know yourself, you know what you need to, to get work done on your own. But I think that the summer is a really, really excellent opportunity to really start thinking deeply about your personal statement. Um, So I'd say considering it almost like another independent class that you're taking, but over the summer and it would be like personal statement preparation. Uh, and what does that mean? What does that even look like? Obviously, it, it's brainstorming, right? So brainstorming potential topics. And that's something that maybe you've already started doing. Sometimes, you know, college counseling programs, high school counseling programs will, will have juniors start doing that. But I also think that it means reading. I think that reading is one of the most important and efficient and effective things that you could do to improve your writing. Um, and I think... I think most people uh, probably statistically tend to read fiction, right? We read a lot of novels, maybe even some short stories, but reading essays, personal essays, memoir, creative nonfiction can be really, really helpful um, so that you just know kind of what's out there in that genre and different ways of expressing yourself for a personal essay. So I'd really highly recommend that, uh, you know, there's some really useful anthologies like the best American essays of whatever year. Um, and that's really helpful because it's a compilation of, of essays that have been published all over the country, um, but that have been considered, you know, really excellent. Uh, and of course, you know, I'm not suggesting that you have to become this, uh, you know, grade A professional accomplished writer of nonfiction, but I do think that reading um, what is considered high level work is just helpful in, in teaching you about, about that craft and, and helping you kind of get a sense of what a personal essay even is and what it should, it could look like. 
Um, and then finally, I think that if you're really, really interested in this and want to make your essay, um, you know, a top priority for yourself, uh, you might even consider taking an essay writing class if you have time over the summer. So there are, um, you know, writing schools, independent writing schools all over the country uh, for, you know, uh, they have teen programs often, um, and you can take a look at that or research that if you're interested. Also, lots of remote programs available. Um, it's definitely been some silver lining with writing schools as you can take a class on the other side of the country, oftentimes via Zoom. And then finally, of course, um, there are lots of writing classes available through things like Coursera or edX or any other kind of MOOC provider. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think what you said is very important because I work with students and they get senior year and then they start to panic because they see what, what the college application actually is. And the essays are really a form of storytelling. So I think it's very important for students to to start thinking about how are they going to tell their own story? And what does that story even look like? Because I've seen in senior year, I'm asking all of these very personal questions to students on why do you want to major in that? How did this thing inspire you? Why are you involved in this activity? And sometimes students, they don't know, they just done it. And so uh, it takes time to um, really put the pieces together to see are there any common threads on things you've done in high school, things that motivated you, and how do you articulate that in your essays? And essays are one of the parts of the application where you can advocate for yourself, where you can share with the college, this is what I have to offer, this is what I'm gonna contribute if you admit me. So I think everything you're saying is like, so spot on in terms of um, what students can do now, because it's not something you can just flip the switch on um, when you start writing your essays, especially because many high school curriculums, they don't have like a creative writing class or, or uh, courses where you learn to write, tell your own story, write your own biography, uh, for example. So. For sure. And I think I think writing about yourself is uh, one of the most difficult topics to write about. Right. That's why uh, I think most writers write fiction is writing nonfiction is, um, you know, a little bit scary. And you really have to uh, put yourself out there and and be reflective and think honestly. Uh, and, I, you know, I think it's a really great uh, exercise. I'm biased because it's something that I I like to do in my free time. But um, I do think that it there's a reason that it's a part of the college application process, right? Because it's an opportunity for uh, the admissions teams to try to get to know you uh, beyond the numbers. And so I'd really take it as an opportunity to, to try to really flex those writing muscles and, and, and explore uh, the, the really actually exciting and fun creative opportunity that it is uh, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, okay. So I think the next uh, kind of, sub um, activity, or I guess a thing that we think y'all should be focusing on uh, right now is trying to consider finalizing your college list. So how, how do you finalize a college list? Yeah. So if you're a junior right now, and, and it might be a little tricky because we're still in the pandemic, it's what, two, um, two years now. So you may or may not have had an opportunity to visit colleges. I know many colleges have gone to virtual fairs, virtual tours. And so one thing you can do right now is to um, start identifying colleges that you're planning to apply to, colleges that you like, 
because part of that is figuring out, um, you know, what, what are the application requirements for that specific school that you're applying to? So if you're applying to these 10 colleges, how many essays do you have to write, for example? And so um, finalizing your college list will help. I'm going back to the conversation on the personal statement, essay brainstorming, and it'll also help you get a bit better sense of how much work you have to do in senior year, working on um, essays, submitting documents, applications, stuff like that, so um, that you apply to college. And so that's an important piece as well. And it also helps you get a better sense of what the admission criteria for the specific schools um, and what it, what admission rates. Is that school a reach for me? Is that a target school for me? Is that a likely school for me? Um, creating a well-balanced college list. Uh, many families I work with, it's common for them to have a lot of reach schools because it's very aspirational. Like, oh, I would love to go to Harvard, Berkeley, Stanford. Um, however, is that going to be realistic? Because the mission rate for many of those schools have been declining in the last 10 years. Stanford, I think, is under 5% now. So um, building a well-rounded, balanced college list is very important. And so for students, this is an opportunity to do some research. If you're able to travel, you feel comfortable, You can. Um, many colleges do have, have reverted back to on-campus presentations and tours. Um, you can also do virtual um, business as well. And I think just with um, the move to a lot of virtual events because of the pandemic, students can get to know colleges a lot more so they don't have to fly out to learn more about it. So um, there's a lot of reasons to uh, prioritize your college list as well. Um, and the last piece is if you're just thinking about applying early admission, seeing if the college offers it and figuring out when is the deadline, um, do they have early action, early binding? So there's a lot of factors in play with finalizing your college list. Anything to add, Tasha? I don't think so. I think you really summed it up. I think uh, I would just really emphasize my my agreement that, you know, sometimes, especially when students are just starting out uh, with Ivy Wise Counseling, they'll, um, you know, come with a list of all extremely, extremely aspirational schools. And, you know, I am all for reaching for the stars, but we do, um, you know, part of our process is to make sure that students have a balanced, balanced list uh, so that we can feel really confident that, uh, you know, they'll get some positive results. Um, because, you know, even if you are an extremely strong student, um, there are thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of other students, um, who are all kind of going for very similar, similar schools. And so the balance is really, really key just to make sure that you are, um, setting yourself up for success, even if, um, it's not, you know, all of the Ivy Leagues on your school list, right? Um, which we would not encourage. <laughs> uh, all right, so I'm gonna kick it off a little bit. Um, so we're gonna move away from academics a little bit and go toward um, some of the other aspects, kind of more qualitative aspects of the application beyond the essay, and that's extracurricular activities. So extracurricular planning is definitely something that you might wanna be thinking about right now as you finish your junior year and, and head into the summer uh, is how you want to spend your senior year extracurricularly. Do you want to keep doing what you've been doing for the last three years of college? I'm sorry, high school <laughs> or for this last uh, junior year of high school? Or do you want to 
go in a totally different direction. Um, I would not encourage the latter and I'll tell you a little bit about why. Um, so I do think that your senior year is, is a good opportunity to really, um, you know, double down and, uh, kind of take whatever it is you've already been involved in to the next level. So whether, you know, you've been involved in academic competitions or sports or the arts, um, you know, I think senior year is the opportunity to take on leadership roles for sure, uh, potentially to, you know, gain accolades, honors, or awards uh, as, you know, you progress in your uh, abilities and these different extracurricular activities. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily the time to try on something completely new if it's not something that, uh, you know, makes sense within your, your academic and personal narrative, right? So um, remember that your college application is kind of telling a story. And I think that sometimes students, you know, want to take on something completely new in their senior year because they think it'll be impressive or it's kind of like the extra thing they think they need to maybe be admitted. Um, but sometimes it's, it's not accomplishing that. Like sometimes it's very transparent. That that's what's going on. And, you know, if it doesn't really make sense with the rest of the students, um, interests or passions or goals, um, then it doesn't really make a ton of sense. And so I'd really encourage you to only, uh, you know, start a totally new initiative or, or project. If it's something that, you know, you're already that surrounds something you're already interested in or passionate about, uh, and that kind of makes sense within the story that you're hoping to tell. Yeah, and I want to add, like, um, I often get the question of, do I need to check the box? Do I need to be in student government? Do I need to play sports? Do I need to do X, Y, and Z? And there isn't, like, a set formula in terms of you need to do all these things to be competitive. I mean, definitely you want to be engaged outside of the classroom. Like, that's, like, fundamental in building your extracurricular profile. I encourage students to follow things that they really enjoy doing. Um, because you're going to spend time on that. And so if it's something that you don't like, that's inauthentic, then it's going to feel like work and you're um, may not want to spend time on that and maybe dragging your feet. And so pursue those things that you do enjoy and find opportunities to have more impact, have more leadership um, in those extra, extra pursuits. Um, any other thoughts about extracurriculars, Tasha? I know you were the very involved one in high school. I was, I was not doing much in high school, so I, I can't relate to this topic. <laughs> uh, I think it's really just all about balance, right? So if you're a junior and you're uh, listening to us right now, you know, you're probably quite... Um, serious about your college application process and hoping to put your best foot forward. And so I'd imagine you're rather involved. Uh, so I think, you know, it's important to be balanced, make sure that your level of involvement isn't, uh, you know, hurting your schoolwork in any way. And also that that involvement is leaving you with enough time to uh, do a good job, an excellent job in your uh, college application course that you'll be taking independently. Right. Um, but no, I mean, I think, again, just extracurriculars are important, but they're also just like what you do and who you are and what you're interested in. Right. So like Mike said, I, I fully agree is that there's no perfect formula. i would never encourage a student to get involved in something that they aren't interested in. 
Yeah. So I, I think I wanted to circle back into, um, you know, I talked about, uh, you know, summer plans and building the college list. And so I forgot to mention uh, there's some opportunity to visit colleges. Again, this is if you feel safe. Um, visiting colleges oftentimes crystallizes for students if they can see themselves there just by being on campus. You can potentially meet current students, meet with faculty members. This is oftentimes one of the exciting parts of the mission process is actually traveling. You may be going with friends, you may be going with family members, and you might be leaving the comforts of your own city and state for the first time. So if there is an opportunity for you to travel and visit colleges, definitely do it. Depending on where you are in the US or internationally, there might be limitations on this. Um, I'm in California, um, in Los Angeles, so there's a good amount of schools in there um, that I can visit. Um, but I know like if you're in the Northeast, I used to work in the Northeast, there's hundreds, like thousands of schools in the Northeast that you can access by driving or taking public transportation. So uh, I definitely encourage you to do college visits. Um, that will also help you get a better sense of the mission process. And again, you'll be able to connect with students. One of the great things about technology is that it's increased um, accessibility. So you might be able to contact current students at the, uh, at the school through social media, TikTok, Instagram, student clubs, and reach out to them and, and maybe meet them and get an unvarnished um, impression of, of the college. And there's also looking on YouTube for videos for student testimonies as well. Um, the college visits are informative for you to get a better sense of, do I want to apply to this college? Do I, do I see myself here for four years? Um, and so it's part of that information gathering process. Um, any other thoughts, Tasha, uh, just from your own experience looking at colleges um, in high school? Uh, well, from my own experience, I, I guess it was very different. Um, obviously, we were a lot more free to, to travel. Um, I guess I would say, you know, typically, typically colleges kind of package their visits with an information session and a tour. Uh, so if you have the chance to do both of those things, I highly encourage it. And then, you know, often colleges will have kind of like invitational weekends or different opportunities to go and actually stay on campus, sit in on classes, anything like that. Um, and, you know, that might be later on in the process, uh, but, you know, I definitely encourage that later on as well. Um, if, if usually, and sometimes they'll have ones in the fall, um, just to give you the extra, the extra experience. And then in terms of, of today, of, of the college application season in 2022, I'd also consider you to just really check out the different virtual uh, options that a lot of universities are offering now, you know, before, um, if there were any virtual options, which often there weren't, it was just kind of like the standard information session and maybe some kind of ad hoc, like not super good virtual tour. But I think most universities have really had to up their game since everything went virtual for a while. Um, and so even if you can visit a campus, uh, you might consider checking out their virtual options as well, because they have a lot of different offerings, some of them. Um, so it might not just be the uh, the regular information session and the virtual tour. They might also have student panels and uh you know, professor Q and A's and, um, you know, different sessions specific to different, 
individual schools or colleges within a university, et cetera. Um, so just depending at the, on the kinds of colleges that you're looking at, just definitely keep in mind that the virtual offerings have been ex expanded a ton uh, and can give you like so many additional opportunities to learn and not just learn for yourself so that you can help narrow down your college list, but also so that you can help yourself in the essay writing process for any of those essay supplements where you're writing uh, specifically about each of those individual schools. Yeah. So I know we're wrapping up here with our podcast for today. I know we covered a lot of topics uh, for juniors. I hope um, this is helpful for you as you plan out your senior year. So it, it leads me to um, just like, you know, Tasha, what are some tips you might have for seniors as they're planning out the time from now until senior year so that they can feel organized, they can feel on top of the process? Do you have any suggestions for juniors? I mean, I think for sure, you know, considering each of the of the pieces of advice we gave today, um, you know, one of the biggest pieces is just having a plan for tackling your personal statements. So I think, you know, between now and your first day of senior year, uh, you should definitely aim to have a draft of your personal statement. Um, and, you know, it can be a draft, but definitely, uh, or even several drafts uh, with different ideas, but just, um, you know, making sure that you've put some time during the summer to really think about that seriously. Uh, I also think that you should have a finalized college list or almost finalized at the very least. Um, and you should definitely have decided where to apply early admission, uh, which, you know, of course will have a lot to do with who your top choices are. And then finally, you know, we, we don't want to, um, over say this too much, but, you know, definitely have had some significant engagement with your top colleges. Uh, so whether that's in-person or virtual or both uh, campus visits, uh, definitely make sure that you've uh, put some time into doing that over the summer. What about you, Mike? Any additional tips? Yeah, I just want to emphasize the importance of mapping out your admission process so you feel like you're in control of it. Otherwise, it's going to feel un unwieldy. There's going to be a lot of stress and anxiety. So do as much as you can to map everything out. So part of finalizing your college list is knowing how much work's involved and knowing the deadlines so you can plan backwards with how much time you're going to spend for a personal statement, how many, how much time you're going to spend on your Stanford supplements or Berkeley supplement. And I'm mentioning all the places where I've attended or work, uh, worked at. <laughs> so, so no bias at all. Um, so I think just planning backwards is very important so that you can make sure you're, you're making progress. Cause I've seen um, in some cases where students might spend two months on a personal statement, and then when it comes time to work on the supplement for that college, they have one week. And so you want to make sure that there's enough time spent to everything and you're making forward progress um, with your admission process. So I think that's my biggest thing. And then um, I'm not sure if you mentioned this, but making sure you prioritize your schoolwork as well um, so that you're continuing the success that you've had um, in your previous years or bringing up your grades if you had a bump in the road in, in junior year, for example. So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with all of that. And I just want to emphasize the um, 
mapping out your calendar and making sure you have time for everything. I mean, this might sound a little bit old school, but something that I find really helpful just in life is post-its and a paper calendar, (laughs) but you might use, you know, iCal or whatever other kind of digital calendar, but really just mapping out like, okay, let's say I have 10 colleges and each college has three supplements plus my personal essay. That's 31 essays. You know, some of them might overlap a little bit. Um, You might have some similar ideas for different supplements, but they'll still be individual essays uh, with individual thought given to them. And so I think, you know, setting a post-it down like, okay, by this day, I have to have these three supplements done, et cetera, um, can be really helpful just setting these little kind of internal miniature deadlines for yourself to make sure that um, you don't slip behind because it could definitely, um, the time will go by really quickly because it'll be your senior year, you'll be busy, you'll be having fun. Um, and you want to make sure that, you know, you, you're you setting yourself up for, for realistic uh, deadlines. Absolutely. So I think on that note, it's a good opportunity for us to wrap up today. Great to chat with you today, Tasha. And I want to thank all viewers for tuning into Just Admit It. Catch up on all of our previous episodes by visiting our podcast page and be sure to bookmark our knowledge base for additional help with navigating the complex and competitive college admission process. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for more college prep resources. And stay tuned for our next episode in which we will share insight into how U.S. college admission committees build their classes, including what a holistic review really means. Thanks, everyone. Have a good day.